Section 3 of The Little Angel and Other Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Little Angel and Other Stories by Leonid Nikolaevich Andreev. Translated by W. H. Lowe. The Little Angel, Part 2. The children had not yet been admitted to the drawing room where the Christmas tree stood, but remained chattering in the nursery. Sashka, with lofty superciliousness, stood listening to their naive talk and fingering in his breeches pocket the broken cigarettes which he had managed to abstract from his host's study. At this moment there came up to him the youngest of the Svechnikovs, Kolya, and stood motionless before him, a look of surprise on his face, his toes turned in, and a finger stuck in the corner of his pouting mouth. Six months ago, at the insistence of his relatives, he had given up this bad habit of putting his finger in his mouth, but he could not quite break himself of it. He had blonde locks, cut in a fringe on his forehead and falling in ringlets on his shoulders and blue wandering eyes. In fact, he was just such a boy in appearance as Sashka particularly loved to bully. Are you really a naughty boy? He inquired of Sashka. Miss said you was. I am a dead boy. That you are replied Sashka, considering the other's short velvet trousers and great turn-down collars. Would you like to have it done? There. And he pointed at him a little pop-gun with a cork tied to it. The wolfkin took the gun, pressed down the spring, and, aiming at the nose of the unsuspecting Kolya, pulled the trigger. The cork struck his nose, and, rebounding, hung by the string. Kolya's blue eyes opened wider than ever and filled with tears. Transferring his finger from his mouth to his reddening nose, he blinked his long eyelashes and whispered, Bad, bad boy! A young lady of striking appearance, with her hair dressed in the simplest and the most becoming fashion, now entered the nursery. She was sister to the lady of the house, the very one indeed to whom Sashka's father had formerly given lessons. Here is the boy, said she, pointing out Sashka to the bald-headed man who accompanied her. Bow, Sashka, you should not be so rude. But Sashka would bow neither to her nor to her companion of the bald head. She little suspected how much he knew. But, as a fact, Sashka did know that this miserable father had loved her and that she had married another, and, though this had taken place subsequent to his father's marriage, Sashka could not bring himself to forgive what seemed to him like treachery. Takes after his father, sighed Sofya Dmitrievna. Could not you, Platon Mihailovich, do something for him? 
My husband says that a commercial school would suit him better than the grammar school. Sashka, would you like to go to a technical school? No, curtly replied Sashka, who had caught the offensive word husband. Do you want to be a shepherd, then? asked the gentleman. Not likely, said Sashka in an offended tone. What then? Now Sashka did not know what he would like to be, but upon reflection replied, Well, it's all the same to me, even a shepherd if you like. The bald-headed gentleman regarded the strange boy with a look of perplexity. When his eyes had traveled up from his patched boots to his face, Sashka put out his tongue and quickly drew it back again, so that Sofya Dmitrievna did not notice anything. But the old gentleman showed an amount of irascibility that she could not understand. I should not mind going to a commercial school, bashfully suggested Sashka. The lady was overjoyed at Sashka's decision and meditated with a sigh on the beneficial influence exercised by an old love. I don't know whether there will be a vacancy, dryly remarked the old man, avoiding looking at Sashka, and smoothing down the ridge of hair which stuck up on the back of his head. However, we shall see. Meanwhile, the children were becoming noisy and in a great state of excitement were waiting impatiently for the Christmas tree. The excellent practice with the pop-gun made in the hands of a boy who commanded respect both for his statue and for his reputation for naughtiness found imitators, and many a little button of a nose was made red. The tiny maids, holding their sides, bent almost double with laughter, as their little cavaliers, with manly contempt of fear and pain, but all the same wrinkling up their faces in suspense, received the impact of the cork. At length the doors were open, and a voice said, Come in, children, gently, not so fast. Opening their little eyes wide and holding their breath in anticipation, the children filed into the brightly illuminated drawing-room in orderly pairs and quietly walked round the glittering tree. It cast a strong, shadowless light on their eager faces with rounded eyes and mouths. For a minute there reigned the silence of profound enchantment, which all at once broke out into a chorus of delighted exclamation. One of the little girls, unable to restrain her delight, kept dancing up and down in the same place, her little dress, braided with blue ribbon, beating meanwhile rhythmically against her shoulders. Sashka remained morose and gloomy. Something evil was working in his little wounded breast. The tree blinded him with its red, shriekingly insolent glitter of countless candles. It was foreign, hostile to him, even as the crowd of smart, 
pretty children which surrounded it. He would have liked to give it a shove, and topple it over on their shining heads. It seemed as though some iron hand were gripping his heart, and wringing out of it every drop of blood. He crept behind the piano, and sat down there in a corner unconsciously crumpling to pieces in his pocket the last of the cigarettes, and thinking that though he had a father, and mother, and a home, it came to the same thing as if he had none and nowhere to go. He tried to recall to his imagination his little penknife, which he had acquired by a swap not long ago, and was very fond of, but his knife all at once seemed to him a very poor affair with its ground-down blade and only half of a yellow heft. Tomorrow he would smash it up, and then he would have nothing left at all. But suddenly Sashka's narrow eyes gleamed with astonishment, and his face in a moment resumed its ordinary expression of audacity and self-confidence. On the side of the tree, turned towards him, which was the back of it, and less brightly illumined than the other side, he discovered something such as had never come within the circle of his existence, and without which all his surroundings appeared as empty as though peopled by persons without life. It was a little angel in wax, carelessly hung in the thickest of the dark boughs, and looking as if it were floating in the air. His transparent dragonfly wings trembled in the light, and he seemed altogether alive and ready to fly away. The rosy fingers of his exquisitely formed hands were stretched upwards, and from his head there floated just such locks as Kolya's. But there was something here that was wanting in Kolya's face, and in all other faces and things. The face of the little angel did not shine with joy, nor was it clouded by grief, but there lay on it the impress of another feeling, not to be explained in words, nor defined by thought, but to be attained only by the sympathy of a kindred feeling. Sashka was not conscious of the force of the mysterious influence which attracted him towards the little angel, but he felt that he had known him all his life, and had always loved him, loved him more than his penknife, more than his father, more than anything else. Filled with doubt, alarm, and the delight which he could not comprehend, Sashka clasped his hands to his bosom and whispered, Dear, dear little angel. The more intently he looked, the more fraught with significance the expression of the little angel's face became. He was so infinitely far off, so unlike everything which surrounded him there. The other toys 
seemed to take a pride in hanging there pretty and decked out upon the glittering tree, but he was pensive, and fearing the intrusive light purposely hid himself in the dark greenery, so that none might see him. It would be a mad cruelty to touch his dainty little wings. Dear, dear, whispered Sashka. His head became feverish. He clasped his hands behind his back, and in full readiness to fight to the death to win the little angel, he walked to and fro with cautious, stealthy steps. He avoided looking at the little angel, lest he should direct the attention of others towards him, but he felt that he was still there, and had not flown away. Now the hostess appeared in the doorway, a tall, stately lady, with a bright aureole of grey hair dressed high upon her head. The children trooped round her with expressions of delight, and the little girl, the same that had danced about in her place, hung wearily on her hand, blinking heavily with sleepy eyes. As Sashka approached her, he seemed almost choking with emotion. Auntie, auntie, said he, trying to speak caressingly, but his voice sounded harsher than ever. Auntie, dear. Footnote. This is, of course, only a child's way of addressing an elder. End of the footnote. Auntie, dear. She did not hear him, so he tugged impatiently at her dress. What's the matter with you? Why are you pulling my dress? said the gray-haired lady in surprise. It's rude. Auntie, auntie, do give me one thing from the tree. Give me the little angel. Impossible, replied the lady in a tone of indifference. We're going to keep the tree decorated till the new year. But you are no longer a child. You should call me by name, Maria Dmitrievna. Sashka, feeling as if he were falling down a precipice, grasped the last means of saving himself i am sorry i have been naughty i'll be more industrious for the future he blurted out but this formula which had always paid with his masters made no impression upon the lady of the gray hair a good thing too my friend she said as unconcernedly as before give me the little angel demanded Sashka gruffly. But it's impossible. Can't you understand that? But Sashka did not understand, and when the lady turned to go out of the room, he followed her, his gaze fixed without conscious thought upon her black silk dress. In his surging brain there glimmered a recollection of how one of the boys in his class had asked the master to mark him three. Footnote. In Russian schools, five is the maximum mark. End of footnote. And when the master refused, he had knelt down before him, and, putting his hands together as in prayer, had begun to cry. The master was angry, but gave him three all the same. At the time, Sashka had immortalized this episode in a caricature, but now, 
his only means left was to follow the boy's example. Accordingly, he plucked at the lady's dress again, dropped with a bang onto his knees and folded his hands as described above, but he could not squeeze out a single tear. "'Are you out of your mind?' exclaimed the gray-haired lady, causing a searching look round the room, but luckily no one was present. "'What is the matter with you?' Kneeling there with clasped hands, Sashka looked at her with dislike and rudely repeated, "'Give me the little angel!' His eyes fixed intently on the lady to catch the first words she should utter were anything but good to look at and the hostess answered hurriedly well then i'll give it to you oh what a stupid you are i will give you what you want but why could you not wait till the new year stand up and never she added in a didactic tone never kneel to anyone it's humiliating kneel before god alone talk away thought sashka trying to get in front of her and merely succeeding in treading on her dress when she had taken the toy from the tree sashka devoured her with his eyes but stretched out his hands for it with a painful pucker of the nose it seemed to him that the tall lady would break the little angel. "'Beautiful thing,' said the lady, who was sorry to part with such a dainty and presumably expensive toy. "'Who can have hung it there? Well, what do you want with such a thing? Are you not too big to know what to do with it? Look, there are some picture books, but this I promise to give to Kolya. He begged so earnestly for it. But this was not the truth. Sashka's agony became unbearable. He clenched his teeth convulsively and seemed almost to grind them. The lady of the gray hair feared nothing so much as a scene, so she slowly held out the little angel to Sashka. There now, take it, she said in a displeased tone. What a persistent boy you are! Sashka's hands, as they seized the little angel, seemed like tentacles, and were tense as steel springs, but with all so soft and careful that the little angel might have imagined himself to be flying in the air. Ah! Escaped in a long diminuendo sigh from Sashka's breast while in his eyes glistened two little teardrops, which stood still there as though unused to the light. Slowly drawing the little angel to his bosom, he kept his shining eyes on the hostess with a quiet, tender smile which died away in a feeling of unearthly bliss. It seemed when the dainty wings of the little angel touched Sashka's sunken breast, as if he experienced something so blissful, so bright, the like of which had never before been experienced in this sorrowful, sinful, suffering world. Ah! 
sighed he once more as the little angel's wings touched him, and at the shining of his face the absurdly decorated and insolently growing tree seemed to be extinguished, and the gray-haired, portly dame smiled with gladness, and the parchment-like face of the bald-headed gentleman twitched, and the children fell into a vivid silence, as though touched by a breath of human happiness. For one short moment all observed a mysterious likeness between the awkward boy who had outgrown his clothes and the lineaments of the little angel which had been spiritualized by the hands of an unknown artist. But the next moment the picture was entirely changed. Crouching like a panther, preparing to spring, Sashka surveyed the surrounding company, on the lookout for someone who should dare wrest his little angel from him. I am going home, he said in a dull voice, having in a view a way to escape through the crowd. Home to father. End of the Little Angel, Part 2